Right now at Safeway, shop the big BOGO sale and get all your favorite cleaning essentials. Buy one, get one 50% off. Head into Safeway and shop for select items like Febreze air fresheners, Airwick scented oil refills, Glade three-wick candles, Mr. Clean antibacterial cleaner, Method all-purpose cleaner, or soft scrub cleanser. And get them buy one, get one 50% off. Offer expires November 28th. Restrictions apply. Visit Safeway.com or head into your local store for full offer details. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. For a new year, and as we're getting ready for a new year, I want to inspire you, but in addition to inspiring you, I want to also give you some very practical things that you're going to need so that you can make 2019 your best year yet. I want you to write this down very practically. Just write down the number 2019, 2019. Write it down or type it in your notes. It's very important that you do it. Now, if you're driving, I don't want you to do it if you're driving, if you're listening to this driving. If you are, uh, um, you, know, you know, doing something where you need to focus, I want you to focus, but I want you to listen. Um, it's so important that you visualize where you're going. Many people never accomplish what they set out to accomplish because they never properly visualize it. In the book of Habakkuk, uh, Habakkuk makes this great complaint to God. And when he makes this complaint to God, in Habakkuk chapter 2, you're familiar when it says, write the vision, make it plain. But if you read the verses prior to that, leaders, you'll discover that Habakkuk said, I'm going to stand my watch and listen for how I am corrected. Habakkuk realized that even he had some complaints, but his complaints really weren't valid, so he was anticipating being corrected. In the correction, he understood that he had to write down what it is that he was being given because he had to visualize it so that he would be able to uh, 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 possess it. You cannot possess what you cannot first visualize. It is like throwing your hand out in the air and grabbing for air. If you could not visualize what it is you're trying to grasp, what it is you're trying to do, you will not be able to achieve it. So Habakkuk says, I will write the vision. I'll make it plain so that I can run with endurance. Habakkuk says, I need to see it so that I can see it. Say that with me, leaders. I need to see it so that I can see it. Come on, say it with me, leaders. I need to see it so I can see it. You are never going to get to a place that you cannot yet first visualize. you got to see it before you see it because you'll never be able to see it. And if you did see it, you wouldn't know that you saw it because you didn't know what you were looking for. All right? So I encourage you to write 2019 down. I'm going to give you some things that are going to inspire you tonight to really uh, take hold of the things that God has ordained for your life, ordained for your business, ordained for your ministry, ordained for your family. And uh, I'm going to give you some practical things. Acts 17.6 says this, but when they did not find them, I'm going to give you some context. Uh, this is dealing with uh, uh, some of the leaders, and they're out on their missions. They are out doing the very things that God has called for them to do. And it says this, and when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out. Here's the part of the verse I want you to get, leaders. These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. I'm going to say it one more time. These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. I want to talk to you in this leadership talk tonight, uh, and I want to talk from this concept, I'm finally here. <laughs> I'm finally here. It says, and these, I, I almost feel like preaching, and these who have turned the world upside down 
have come here too. I want to teach you for a moment. I'm finally here. Uh, in this, please understand, God is not into us having won, but God is into us winning. The scripture says, that he always leads us into triumph. And we examine uh, him leading us into triumph. You can look at Matthew chapter 4, because Jesus leads us by example when his humanity is mentally and emotionally weak after 40 days of fasting, when we see that Jesus responds to every test by saying, it is written. Jesus kept using the word, God's word. He kept using, it is written, in order to win and prevail against every test, even when he was mentally and emotionally weak, and he stayed disciplined to the winning method. See, every time Satan came at him and said, uh, if you are the son of God, do this. If you're this, do this. Jesus always responded, it is written. We know that, right? But what's more important is the substratum there. The substratum is that Jesus kept using the winning method. He stayed disciplined to the winning method. If you are defeated, watch this, leaders, it is because of your discipline. Listen, if you are defeated, it's because of your discipline. If you're defeated physically, it's because you lack discipline in how you eat and exercise. If you're defeated financially, you keep saying, I need more money. Could it be that you need to be more disciplined with the money you have? If you're defeated in ministry, could it be that it's because you like discipline and how you execute ministry? You do it from an emotional place, not from a place of conviction. Check it out. Jesus did not whine because Satan kept coming. And one of the greatest rewards uh, uh, to a leader is to see himself and those he leads. Jesus won, and he showed us the winning method. He was disciplined to winning. We are coming now, at, at, during the time of this talk, to the end of one calendar year and going into a new calendar year. And if we're honest, there's many great things we've accomplished. Praise God for that. But let's also have the honest discussion. Many of us, there are certain things we did not accomplish this calendar year. What's going to make it different in 2019? I'm going to tell you it is the disciplines that we have. And you need to understand this. Your disciplines, what's that, Bishop? Your disciplines are what you say yes to or no to consistently for the right reasons. I'm going to say it again. It's what you say yes to or no to consistently for the right reasons. Your disciplines, watch this, leaders, determine your destination. See, you can want to go somewhere all day long, but if you don't have the disciplines to get there, you'll never get there. I'm here to submit to you that whatever you did not accomplish this year, I want to ask you this question. Was it the devil or was it your disciplines? Oh, whoa, we're talking now, leaders. Was it the devil or was it your disciplines? Your disciplines actually determine your destination. The antonym or the opposite of discipline is laziness. And here's what's interesting about lazy. Lazy actually by definition means this, sluggish. Are, are you slow to get things done? I don't know about you, but I don't like people who drag their feet to get things done. I like people who are on top of it. I like people who move quickly. I like people who are aggressive. I like people who make it happen. So watch this. The opposite of discipline is to move slowly. I mean, underactive, inactive, to be idle. Just watch this, to stop, and watch this. I like this definition, to stop doing what works. To be lazy is to stop doing what works. And I noticed one consistent reason that people who start out winning, that start losing, is that they lack the discipline to win when winning stops being easy. Sometimes there are going to be certain wins that they come very easily. Other wins are going to require a fight. Here's how you ensure that you win, is that when winning stops being as easy as it was, that you do not lack the disciplines to keep going. 
I'm going to tell you, you are a world-changing evolutionary leader. I'm going to tell you, you are not your failures. I'm going to tell you, you are not your mistakes. I'm going to tell you, you are not the accidents that you've had, but you're going to have to develop your disciplines. You can't go where you want to go, nor have what you want to have, nor be who you want to be if you're unwilling to be disciplined, because discipline is the vehicle that gets you to your destination. Listen, leaders, not skill not talent, not gifting, not anointing. It is discipline. Discipline is the vehicle of the kingdom. I'm going to say it again. Discipline is the vehicle of the very kingdom of God, okay? Uh, and you see it everywhere. If you look in Hebrews where the Bible talks about the hall of fame of faith, you know, and it says, and, and by faith, this one did that, and by faith, this one did that. And by faith, we understand that the world was formed, and by that faith, all that. If you're really honest, really what that scripture, is, what that passage is talking about is really saying by their discipline. It was discipline that got them there. It wasn't their skill. It wasn't their talent. It wasn't their ability. It wasn't that God loved them more than you or I. It was simply that they had a level of discipline that gave them the ability to win even when winning was not as easy. Discipline follows the last order you're given until a new order is given. And sometimes, especially when you are a leader, uh, you can have difficulty following the last order that was given because you're so busy trying to get a new order. You're so busy looking for a new word that you haven't been consistent with the word you've been given. Pastors, even when it comes to your preaching, sometimes you're moving on uh, and talking about subjects uh, with people and you haven't covered the basic things. So sometimes you're using terminology with people that may make them shout, but it doesn't make them change. And our goal as leaders should not be simply to excite sheep. Our goal as leaders should be, watch this, to feed sheep, to make sure that people have the tools they need to succeed in life and to live the abundant life Jesus has called for them to live. See, when discipline is displayed, uh, when discipline is displayed, uh, what ends up happening is that it damages the enemy's kingdom. It's seen perfectly in the book of Acts in the New Testament, and this is where we, we started our leadership talk tonight. We're going to get you ready to make 2019 your best year. Remember, I had you to write down the number 2019. I want you to visualize 2019 before you get there. We're not going to wait until January comes to start winning. We're going to start winning right here. We're going to start winning right now. And the book of Acts is a 32-year journey, starting with a remnant of about 120 people from Jesus' offshoot, long shot group of misfits to Christianity that started with 12 dejected, rejected, and purposeless men reaching its pinnacle when the Apostle Paul declares the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ in Rome, the center of the empire. Now, the word on the street was that the, listen to me, the word on the street was that the Apostle Paul and those that were with him were turning the world, watch this, upside down. And no matter how many times they fell, they always fell forward. They became known as those who turned the world upside down because they had discipline to keep going even when wins were not as easy. I need you to understand something, leader. What's going to change the world, listen to me, is not your anointing. What's going to change the world, listen to me, leader, is not how good you can sing, not how good you can preach, not how good you can prophesy. Listen, leader, what's going to change the world is how you can keep your discipline. You are one who is sent to turn the world upside down. We are them. We are those, rather, that have been sent to turn the world upside down. But to do that, it requires discipline. You finally, watch this in our talk, 
I'm finally here. You have got to arrive to a place to where you can't blame those that you lead. You can't blame those that did you wrong. You can't blame those that walked out on you. You have got to take ownership for where you are and decide I'm going to be disciplined so that the call on my life is completely fulfilled. You didn't go through that hell leader for nothing. You didn't go through that loss for nothing. You didn't go through that pain for nothing. And so watch this, to turn the world upside down and finally, watch this, finally be here. What you need to know is God first turns your life upside down. And when that happens, you're going to need three points I want to give you tonight, three quick keys I want to give you tonight, leaders, and then we're going to wrap it up. Three quick keys I want to give you. First thing you're going to need is the power of purpose, the power of purpose. In Acts, they used their lives to change lives, so their story became significant. And they had a why that fueled their what. I want to spend a little time there. Their story became significant when they used their lives to change lives. Leaders, many leaders are chasing platforms, but they're not chasing purpose. The problem with chasing a platform without purpose is that if you get the platform, you won't know what to do with it, and so you can't keep the platform. Instead, what you should seek is purpose. You should seek to use your life to change lives. I'm going to ask you this question. Whose life is better because you're around? Okay? Whose life is better? Maybe you're not a senior leader. Maybe you're a support leader. Okay? Are you making the life of your leader better? Because if you're not, then no wonder why your story lacks the significance you want for it to. It's because you're not doing enough to where if you were not there, you'd be missed. Many leaders don't do enough such that if they weren't present, they would be missed. But you, that you're not that type. They had a, they had a why that fueled their what? You can deal with just about anything if you know why. I don't know about you leaders. I can deal with a whole lot of stuff as long as I know why. Just tell me why, and I can deal with it. They had a why that fueled their what? So when they were beaten and abused and spit on and, and massacred and crucified and all that, they said, well, listen, we're just, you know, this, this is the least we could do. We are preaching the gospel of Jesus, and lives are being changed. They had a why that fueled their work. Their purpose is what gave them power, leader. And we have an issue in culture called vacant self-esteem because we seek value in ways that can't provide it. See, vacant esteem is when there's an insufficient development of what is referred to as primary esteem, and it's coupled with feelings of hopelessness, uh, depression, and a general self-destructive outlook. It's marked by a propensity for anger and violence and extreme feelings of suspicion and perceived negative motivations of others. While there are many causes, there's really only one solution. You increase your self-esteem and value when you start adding value. Watch me, leaders, to something bigger than you. And that's what being a serving does for you. That's what, that's what being part of the Harvest uh, a Fellowship, soon to be Harvest Leadership Network, that's one of the things it can do for you. For those of you who are connected uh, to, uh, uh, to organizations and whatever, uh, when you are part of something that's bigger than you and you start adding value to it, it's the best way to deal with vacant self-esteem. I want to go back to this vacant self-esteem because many leaders, especially leaders in church, struggle with this. And they think because they have a mic that that means that they don't have uh, any deficiencies. They think because they have a great fancy title or a great fancy office or a great fancy robe or whatever, all those things are great. They think that they don't necessarily have areas of deficiency. And that's one of the uh, greatest ways that the enemy can take advantage of great leaders. The enemy can take advantage of great leaders when great leaders do not understand the value of recognizing where you're weak. Vacant esteem is a general self-destructive outlook. Now, most people on this call and listening to this podcast will say, I'm not self-destructive, but I want to ask you a question. 
Do your actions suggest something different than your speech? Do your actions suggest something different than your words? See, leaders, a lot of the times the actions leaders take are self-destructive because they will do things that are not self-building. They are, in fact, self-destructive. Let me give you a very pragmatic example. You might say, um, Bishop, I'm not self-destructive, but let me ask you something. Do you get overly emotional uh, if somebody walks out on you? Well, 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 sure, Bishop, that's because I care. That's because I love them. I'm not saying you didn't. But it's self-destructive to be stuck on who left and you miss who stayed. That's self-destructive. It is not, in fact, um, doing anything to advance you. So it's very important that you get this. Then, watch this, it's marked by a propensity for anger and violence, extreme feelings of suspicion. You're suspicious of everybody, and you perceive negative motivations from everybody. You think everybody's either out to get you or out to quit you. I'm going to say it again. You think everybody is out to get you or everybody is out to quit you. So you fear rejection so much um, that you, you cast that on everybody. You project that on everybody. So-and-so is going to so do this. Uh, or you think people are out to get you. It's very important, leaders, that you recognize that if you've got vacant self-esteem, that the best way to deal with it is by adding value to something bigger than you. So if you're a support leader, let me ask you this. What have you done to add value to the leader you support? If you're a senior leader, what are you doing, senior leader, to add value to your senior leader? Every leader needs a leader. What are you doing to add value? Because if you're not adding value, no wonder you feel valueless. It is because the only way to get value is to give value. All of your story, including the mistakes, failures, and disappointments, is for God's glory. And whatever you do and however you do it, ultimately only has one purpose, and that's watch this leaders to build the church. So says 2 Corinthians 5.20, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God was pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Matthew 16, 18, this is Jesus speaking, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The only thing Jesus is building is the church. So if you say you have a purpose that isn't ultimately advancing the church, where did that come from? See, God will not involve himself in building your business until you involve yourself in building his business. And I realize the leaders that are listening to this are business owners, entrepreneurs, and I want you to understand, ultimately the purpose of all of that is to build the church. Well, who's the church? It's not just an institution, it's individuals. The church is people. So what are you doing to build people? What are you doing to invest in people? And listen, leaders, I know if you've invested in a lot of people, you, it's easy to grow bitter and not want to do it because you feel like you've wasted your time. I'm going to tell you, you've not wasted your time. In fact, you have sowed seed in which there will be a return for you, and you will be able to get back from individuals you didn't sow into. And Scripture says, knowing that whatever good one does for another, he shall receive the same from the Lord. Sometimes leaders don't want to add value because they've added value to other people who have walked away from them, not realizing that you were expecting the return from the wrong people. You were expecting return from who you poured it into, and sometimes the way it works is you're going to get a return from somebody that you didn't pour anything into, and they're just going to come ready, uh, ready to be that return. Ninety percent of people that become Christians fall away in two years or less, and that's because when they fall, make mistakes, or they have disappointments, they go back to their old way of life, not realizing that, listen, leaders, we're not only saved from something, we're saved for something. But I've discovered that when we're not adding value, esteem can be vacant. So then your Christian walk, watch this, is a vacation instead of a vocation. And sometimes even as leaders, we have the wrong mentality about what it is that we're doing. They have the wrong mentality. I don't care if you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 company or you're a senior pastor or you're a bishop. 
I don't care what you do. I don't care if you're the leader of the usher team, the leader of the choir. What you got to understand is ultimately you've got to be adding value. It's the power of purpose. You've got to be adding value. When you add value, you have a flow. See, you're, when you're poured into, it's been released out of you. Now there's a flow. You were built to be a river, listen to me, leader, not a reservoir. Okay? So when you're getting ready for 2019, one of the reasons that we do this call, one of the reasons we make all these resources available is because you need to be poured into so you, then you can pour. This brings you to my second point. How did these people turn the world upside down? How did they make all of these great changes? Number two, my second point is this, is they had a fierceness of focus a fierceness of focus. I want to say this. People fail because of broken focus. Whatever you focus on becomes bigger. That's why the Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. What's that word focus mean? Or magnify, rather? It means focus. It's saying, oh, focus on the Lord with me. It's not that the Lord was becoming bigger. Instead, it's that the Lord was becoming bigger to them. See, whatever you focus on becomes bigger. It changes your perspective. If you're focused on uh, all of the negative things, they're going to become bigger. If you're focused on all of the great things, they're going to become bigger. Whatever you focus on, it becomes bigger. Focus, watch this, uh, uh, on uh, the solutions, and they'll become bigger than your struggles. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, I, I want you to listen to this. Uh, in, the, in the book of Acts, remember, this is this 32-year journey, leaders. The Bible talks about how, they uh, shared in the apostles' doctrine, in the breaking of bread. They discussed the messages that they heard. They shared them with others. And that's what made them fiercely focused, all right? Many times as leaders, I want you study to preach, but you don't study to live. Oh, I just said some leaders. Many times as leaders, you prepare to give, but you don't actually use it to live, okay? Uh, look at this example. Paul, uh, he's just been stoned. And uh, that would be a great place to justify him stopping. But he was fiercely focused. And so in Acts 14, 19, it says this. And then Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. He looked dead to them, so we can conclude through deductive logic he was. How also can we conclude? Because of the word that's used in verse number 20. However, okay? However, then, means that it appears that what was before is accurate, but then something changed. However, when the disciples gathered around him, gathered around him, rather, he rose up and went into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. The apostle Paul could do this because he knew what he was part of. He knew what he was building was bigger than him. He was turning the world upside down. He realized that he had something to focus on. I want to ask you this for 2019, leaders. What are you focused on? What are you doing in order to make improvements to yourself, okay? What are you doing to make improvements to your areas of deficit? Some of you leaders are great preachers. You don't need to be spending a bunch of time to improve your preaching. You need to spend time improving your discipline, okay? Uh, some of you are very disciplined, and maybe you need some strength in your oration. I want to challenge you with this. As you're exiting this year, getting ready for a new year, very practical leaders, where didn't you hit the ball out of the park? Because that's where you need to be spending time focusing on improving those areas, okay? This is so important because these things, the power of purpose, the fierceness of focus, these things is, are what's going to make 2019 a better year for you. Most people, all they want to do, especially in today's culture, 
They want a prophetic word. They want to shout, holler, scream. I'm all for that. That's great and awesome. But after that, will you even have the strength to bring that prophetic word to pass because you break focus too often? Okay? Will you even have the strength to bring that great vision to pass? Nine is often associated with a number of fruitfulness, a number of birthing, a number uh, 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 of manifestation. Will you have the ability to manifest anything because you are always breaking your focus? Broken focus equals failure. Write that down. Type it in, leaders. Broken focus equals failure. Practically, I want to challenge you to focus on fixing some of the things where you didn't hit the ball out of the park in 2018. And you got to be real honest with yourself. If you didn't do a good job of holding people accountable, be honest about that. If you didn't do a good job putting people in certain positions, be honest about that. If you were too merciful, be honest about it. If you were too mean, be honest about it. You will never be able to change what you first cannot confront, readers. Never be able to do it. Here's the third point, and then we're done. The tenacity to triumph. I'm finally here. <laughs> I'm finally here. But remember, um, it says, and these will turn the world upside down, Acts 17, 6. They have come here too. I'm finally here. I'm here now. What's significant is this, is that certain stages of life get you or certain processes in life get you to different stages of life. Certain processes get you through certain stages. As you go through process, you get to a different stage. As you get to a different stage, then that begins a new process to get you to another stage. Are you seeing it? There's always a process to get you to a stage, and there's a, another process to get you to another stage, et cetera. Here's what's significant, leaders, is when you study the book of Acts, you see that they had the tenacity to triumph. Think about this. The rumor mill about them was saying, these are people who are turning the world upside down. I want to ask you something. What, what's the rumor mill say about you? Okay, now I don't mean that in a negative way, right? Because, you know, anyone who's accomplished anything knows you're going to be lied on, you're going to be talked about, you're going to have people say stuff about you that's absolutely not true. But I want to ask you this question, leaders. I want to ask you this question. What is the rumor about you as it relates to you and your leadership? Is the rumor about you as it relates to your leadership that you get things done uh, or that you're a talker and not a walker? What, what's the rumor? Is the rumor about you that you are you changing the world, you're doing something awesome? Was the rumor about you not that? Why do you say it that way, Bishop? Because even those who hated them knew that they were doing something significant. I do want to prophesy this to you, that even those that hate you, even those that are against you, that they are going to notice the difference in 2019. You better give God a praise for that. They are going to – come on, leaders, you better give God a praise. I know the line is muted while this, call is, this talk is being recorded, but you better give God a praise for that. Even those who hate you, even those who are against you, even those who are plotting, you better hear me. In 2019, they are going to notice there's a difference about you. I declare it will be palpable. I declare it will be tangible. I declare that it will be so visible that nobody will be able to deny that something has shifted in you. And that brings me to my third and final point, that they had the tenacity to triumph. The scripture says that he always leads us into triumph. But to be led, you have to follow. And sometimes to follow, you must be tenacious. And to be tenacious means to be persistent. And to be persistent means to grip something firmly. And if you look at those in the book of Acts, they earned the title of these that have turned the world upside down. They understood that part of their triumph was in their testimony. 
They wanted to see their regions transformed. They didn't take sides. They took over. And hear me, that's who we are. The mistakes of the disciples were used to fish for men and get others into church. In Acts 17, you see this so clearly because they understood they were a battleship, not a cruise ship. And I'm telling you, as you get ready for 2019, it is time for you to man your battle station. If you have the cure for cancer, you would tell everybody about it. Well, listen to me, leaders, uh, Christian leaders, we have the cure for life, and his name is Jesus, and God wants to work through your life, and it's so important. Every ethnicity, every economic condition, black, white, Hispanic, young, old, fresh out the pen, tatted up, former thugs, executives, everyone's invited. No one's excluded. And that's the approach you've got to take. You have got to realize your life is not just about you, leader. As you're getting prepared, you've got to have the tenacity to triumph. You've got to have the tenacity, the persistence to want to see lives impacted and changed. What if you were called to people who didn't have the same background as you? What if you were called to impact people who didn't have the same skin color as you? What if you were called to impact the lives of people that were different than you? You see this with the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter. Peter is now called to deal with those that are the Hebrews. Paul is called to deal with those that are the Gentiles. Well, both of them are Hebrews. And, in fact, Paul says he was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He talks about his background, his pedigree a member uh, of the Jewish council. Paul was the guy who was called to reach people who were starkly different than his background. What I'm telling you, leader, is you need to open up the horizon and open up, get rid of those things that have got you so narrow-minded and you put a lid on yourself. I'm going to tell you the world is a big place, leaders. It's a big place. There's a whole lot of people that need to hear the gospel. But more importantly, watch this. There's a whole lot of people that need to be impacted by what it is that you have on the inside of you. But it's never going to happen if you don't have the tenacity to triumph. And I know what some leader is saying, but Bishop, I've made a ton of leadership mistakes. I, I messed up financially. I messed up my business. I messed up this. I messed up my fa- I messed up. Listen to me. Jacob was a cheater, but he turned the world upside down. Peter had a temper, but he turned the world upside down. David set somebody up. But he turned the world upside down. Noah got drunk, but he turned the world upside down. Joel was a runner, but he turned the world upside down. Paul was a murderer. Gideon was insecure. Miriam was a gossip. Martha was a warrior. Thomas was a doubter. Elijah became depressed. Moses stuttered. Abraham was too old. But these people turned the world upside down. Why? Because they had the tenacity to triumph. I want to ask you this, leaders. Do you have tenacity? Do you have the ability to grip onto something firmly and say, I'm not letting go until I see triumph. I'm not letting go until I see victory in it. Now, let me tell you something. A lot of the times where you're holding on, your hand's going to get battered. Your hand's going to get bloody. Your hand's going to feel weak. You're going to feel like you don't have the strength. You're going to feel like you're underqualified. You're going to feel like I should just give up and throw in the towel. And that's where you've got to say, I've got the tenacity to try. I want to ask you a real question as you prepare for 2019. What areas in 2018 did you lose your tenacity in? Whoa, leaders, let's have honest conversation. What areas in 2019 did you lose your tenacity in? Did you lose your grip on? Did you lose, did you lose that, that, that ability to grip onto something firmly? Did you lose your ability to be persistent? Uh, today, I was handling uh, something uh, of a financial matter, and as I was handling it, I, uh, but it was not allowing me to do it online. And, and so uh, for a minute, I said, you know what, well, I'm just not going to do it. I said, because I got a ton of other things to do. And I said, I don't have time. 
to deal with this. I said, I'll just deal with it sometime later and, uh, and just deal with it later. I said, all I was just doing is just trying to you know, do something that was going to be ultimately beneficial. And I said, it's not letting me do it. And, uh, and then for a moment there, I was okay with that. And then I said, wait a minute, that's not how I handle things. I said, I'm a persistent guy. I, I get things done. I make things happen. Leader, I want you to write this down. I get things done. I make things happen. I want you to shift your thinking as you go into 2019. I do not want you to see yourself as, well, whatever the Lord's going to do, that's just what he's going to do. Drop that slave mentality, leader. And I want you to adopt the mentality of Jesus. Jesus was a problem solver. Jesus was tenacious. These apostles, these guys were tenacious. Can you imagine the hell they went through just to tell people about a God that they rejected, and now, years later, they would accept? Imagine the pain. Imagine the frustration. Imagine the anger. They needed tenacity. And sometimes tenacity is going to get tough. There's certain projects we've been working on that have been taking a long time, a long time. If I can just be very transparent with you, they've taken way longer than I would like for them to take. But why? I've got the tenacity to triumph, which means I've got a firm grip on it. And as long as I keep that grip, I'll win if I don't quit. You will win, leader, if you don't quit. I want to ask you a hard question, though. I want to repeat this hard question. What areas in 2018 did you lose your tenacity for? And you need to get that tenacity together. Those three points, again, leaders, as you prepare for a new year, the power of purpose, the power of purpose. Number two, number two, number two, (laughs) number two, leaders, number two is you've got to have the fierceness of focus, okay, the fierceness of focus. Number three, you've got to have the tenacity to triumph. Power of purpose, PP, okay? Then you've got to, additionally, number two, you've got to have the fierceness of focus, FF, and three, the tenacity to triumph. As you're preparing for 2019, what most people do is they do resolutions. I'm going to encourage you leaders, scrap it. Don't do it. What most people do, as they are getting ready for a new year, they write out these long five-page letters and five-page plans. I'm going to encourage you, don't do it. Here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. I'm going to encourage you to simply do this. Come up with three things that by the December 2019 that you will have successfully accomplished. Three things. Now, three things personally, three things what? Well, for each area of your life, so maybe you got three for your family, maybe you got three for your business, three for your ministry, whatever. Three things in every area of your life and nothing more. Why, Bishop? One, uh, when there's something significant about three as it relates to accomplishment. Number two, there's something significant about keeping the numbers small so that you can achieve those goals. Every goal that we uh, set for our church and write down, because we do the same thing for church, every goal that we do, we, 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 we've not had one year where we were not able to successfully cross, um, cross something through, with the exception of one thing that I made a little bit of reference to. And why would I tell you that as a leader? Because I want you to know, as a leader, there is no shame and being honest about, about areas that you deal with in frustration. I think one of the greatest frustrations that leaders have is that they think everybody else doesn't have the issues they deal with. They think everybody else doesn't deal with challenges, everybody else doesn't deal with problems. I want to tell you, leaders, that people absolutely do. Listen, I hope you've been blessed by tonight's leadership talk. I hope you got some good meat. I hope you got some good things to help you prepare for the new year. The goal was to ask you some questions. Now, remember, stay tuned to your email. The Harvest Fellowship of Churches is evolving to the Harvest Leadership Network. We're going to widen the net. 
so we can speak to leaders in an even greater capacity, and we're going to increase the uh, ways in which we're going to be pouring into you. But I want you to remember these three points again, the power of purpose, the fierceness of focus, and the tenacity to triumph. That's how you're going to make 2019 the year you turn the world upside down. When we think of the world, it sounds very big. So don't, don't think of it as the world globally, not saying that's impossible. Think of the world right there of your community. Think of the world right there uh, in your region. Think of the world right there in your area. Think of the world right there in your family. Think about your own kids. Some of you are trying to reach the world, and you haven't even reached your, your own family. You haven't reached your own cousins. You haven't reached the people that you already know. The world, the sphere in which you have influence, you're going to turn that upside down for God's glory in 2019. I'm going to release the prophetic word for this year of the New Year's Eve experience at Harvest Church, New Year's Eve, 10 o'clock Mountain Time. I encourage you, don't miss it. If you can't physically be in the building, stream it. Why? Because it's going to set the stage for you prophetically. Tonight, I just want to give you practical. We're going to get prophetic, and then we're going to have a great, great experience on that night. Listen, leaders, thanks so much for a great year. 2018 has been a great year. Uh, the fellowship has grown in a tremendous way. Uh, we're going to release some dates. I mentioned to you that we're going to be doing an online pastors and leaders uh, gathering, and um, we're going to be doing that. I decided to actually do that in 2019, early at the beginning of the year, uh, with some real practical things, so you get some information on that. So, again, make sure we got your emails so that we can communicate with you. If you're not sure if we do, just send an email to OTB, Office of the Bishop, or Harvest Church, that church, to make sure that my executive assistant gets that. I'm praying for you. In fact, I'm going to do it right now, and, uh, and then I'm going to let you go. Father, we honor you and bless you. Thank you for these leaders. Thank you for their lives. We pray that 2019 will be the year, uh, Father, where we see great manifestation, where we see great fruitfulness and great things are accomplished. We bless you for it now, and I thank you that this leader tonight, they would sleep with those three points on their mind, the power of purpose, the fierceness of, fierceness of focus, and the tenacity to triumph, that they would use those simple principles to make 2019 everything that 2018 was not. I prophesy overcoming obstacles to them. I prophesy great victory for them. I prophesy once again that those that even hated them and disliked them will see a palpable difference. Those that resisted them in 2018 will see a palpable and tangible difference in them in 2019. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shalom to you, everybody. Have a phenomenal night and uh, so glad to have spent this time with you. Remember, power of purpose, fierceness of focus, tenacity to triumph. Make sure if you haven't sown in the harvest this year, won't you do it? Go to harvestchurch.church forward slash give and sow. You can do it that way. You can. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wells Fargo presents one of the surest ways to grow your money. A Wells Fargo CD account where you can earn a 5.00% annual percentage yield on an 11-month term with a minimum opening deposit of $5,000. Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash CD rates to open a CD account and start growing your savings with us. Wells Fargo Bank, N.A., member FDIC.